Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It is going to be one incredible Sunday next week, Vision Sunday. And if you're wide the way that I am, I love these Sundays. Man, I get excited. I love the you know, the vision that gets cast. I love the mystery around it. You know, like what is, what is the senior pastor going to communicate that none of us yet know? Uh, it's always exciting. But, you know, the truth is, you know, we've got amazing senior pastors and Pastor Luke and Melissa. And, you know, I know they've been seeking God. And, and the great thing about this house and this church is the vision isn't something that would be a top down. It's something that all of us, that God wants to do through all of us and how we can play our part in moving the kingdom forward. And I'm so excited for next week. It's just going to be phenomenal, which is cool, and I, I don't know about you, but I mean, this year is just wild, right? Like anyone post-Christmas was like, oh, I'm looking forward to 2023, you know, after the last few years, it's just a normal start to the year, and it's just been an absolute curveball, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure many of you are like me, and you've just been looking at the events unfold this week, and, and just the devastation that's been taking place, especially in, you know, Gisborne, uh, Hawke's Bay, and beyond, it's it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, let alone what's happened to us here in Auckland. Um, and it's in times like these, you know, I mean, my, my parents, I've got my family that live down in Hawke's Bay, and they're okay, but it's in times like these that I'm so thankful for my relationship with Jesus, that my life isn't secure on stuff, it's secure on the anchor of Jesus. And that even though, you know, all our natural things can get rocked and taken away and stripped from us, there's one thing that can't, that's our relationship with Jesus, that we have a hope that if only the rest of New Zealand would have, amen, is that, and that's our hope is in Jesus. And, and I, I, I'd be awesome if we can just, even as a church, just continue to pray for those people going through that, you know. We're up here, we're, the sun is shining, it's been a long time since that, right? But it can be easy to move on, or maybe the carpet rolls that you've pulled out of your house have been picked up that are on the side of the road, and you're starting to make plans to, to move forward into 2023 if it's been challenging for some of you like us. You know, at home we had a garage flood a couple of times and, you know, off to the tip goes that stuff. But it can be fairly easy to sort of start to move on. But there's many that can't move on just yet. And so we just would pray that this situation would be something that would turn them to Jesus. That some way, shape or form, whether it's they cried a prayer and in the craziness and just went, God, if you're real, you know, where are you? Come on, the, the, we have a God that would answer those prayers, amen. And... Uh, I'm just so thankful for a relationship with Jesus. And before I get into the message, it was in worship. Uh, John, awesome John Ferguson, I had, had, a, had a word for you, had a picture for you. And I saw, um, the word was this, new seeds for a new season. And I just saw the Holy Spirit go to, like, like he just went to this like, shelf and there was all these seed packets. And I just saw him pick out one and go, I've saved this one for this season of your life. And I just saw him tearing the top off and ask you to hold out your hand. Because he won't force it into you. He said, hold out your hand. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, that statement brings shivers to my spine because when I hold out your hand, was out comes a wooden spoon. And mum would just whack, whack, hold out your hand. And you're like, ah, ah. Anyway, but no, it was the Holy, I don't mean to joke. The Holy Spirit was saying, just hold out your hand. And I just saw him putting new, new seeds in that he saved for this season. And I actually believe they're generational seeds that in your natural lifetime, you won't see the physical harvest from the seeds that he's putting in your hand now, but there is a generational seed that is in you that he's putting in your hand. I don't know what they represent. Maybe you do, but I know that he'll reveal what that is to you. Amen. 
and he supplies seed to the sower. You're a faithful sower. That's why he can entrust you with these specific and special seeds because he's placed seeds in your hand before and you've sown them. And many other people have had the same sort of seeds placed in their hands, but they've discarded them. Maybe life got too hard. They jumped ship. Maybe they planted them, they sowed them, but they didn't tend to them and look after them. But you're a, you're a faithful man. That's why he's able to put those and entrust them to you being entrusted. Amen. Oh, that flowed like a river. That was good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's a year where we are, as a church, committing to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus and to do what Jesus did. And that's just not something for a 12-month space. That's something that we believe we would live for the rest of our lives. It's not like we're going to say, hey, in 12 months' time, let's, let's shift our attention to something else. But no, we, we believe that as a church that we would be followers of Christ and that we would follow Him and be like Him and want to spend time with Him and do what Jesus did, that we believe it's a biblical call to every single one of us who follow Christ. And we are in the middle of a 14-day season of prayer and fasting. And maybe some of you, you might have missed last Sunday or missed it on socials or Facebook or emails or whatever. But as a church, over the, over the last seven days and the next seven days, we have been committing to pray and fast, not for necessarily something specific, other than a deeper relationship with Jesus, that we would draw closer to Him. And, you know, whether you've joined us in that prayer and fasting to this point, believing that you would draw closer to Jesus, or today is the day that you're going to start that journey with us, then I believe this message is for you because I just don't want to speak to a corporate thing. I actually want to speak to a spiritual discipline of prayer and fasting and the, the power, the depth, and the breakthrough that comes with a life that prays and fasts. You know, I mean, today some of you have already been praying. As you're driving here, you're like, God, give me a car park. Give me a close car park. <laughs> Amen, eh? Actually, did anyone pray that prayer this morning as they were coming in? No. Keep your hand down. As you're walking up the steps, you're like, oh, please, Lord, let the coffee line be short because I, I just need that. You know, I've, I've got my kids into kids' church and I just need to get juiced up for Jesus. You could be praying, Lord, I hope I'm, hope I'm sitting next to my future wife. You know. Who knows? Good place to find a wife, actually, church. You know, in fact, some of you are praying right now like, man, I hope this guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, B-Rad better not speak too long today. Hey, the good thing is that we're aligned. I've been praying those same things this morning, Yeah. But prayer and fasting, you know, I believe they're foundational building blocks to our faith. That the discipline of fasting isn't limited to a corporate church season, but it's something that we should have in our lives as a reality of following Christ. Just as Christ follows, we should be people that pray and fast. And the Bible says, when we fast, not if we fast, that it's a when, it's, a, it's an expectation that as a Christian, we would humble ourselves and fast and pray and seek the Lord. You know, the disciplines of a humble life, a life seeking a greater depth, a fresh reliance on a higher power, a drawing closer to our Savior. You know, I want to prophesy into this service like I did in the 9 a.m. that the Holy Spirit revealed to us the power of prayer and fasting, that we would just, we would get it, you know, the penny would drop, that there would be an understanding of the power of not just prayer, but prayer and fasting Together, that if you're facing a battle, if there's a mountain in front of you, that if you feel distant from God, if your past just won't leave you, 
if you want to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus, if you're in a spiritual fight, or if you're in need of healing, if you want the gift that is within you stirred up afresh again, if there's something that's just not shifting, or if you want to follow him like you've never followed him before, then today could be the day that everything changes as you begin to get a revelation of the power of prayer and fasting and what it means to draw closer to your Savior. So we're going to get into some scripture, and we're going to read from Second Chronicles, and it's where King Solomon had just built the most incredible temple for God. And it says this in Second Chronicles 7, 12 to 16. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. And I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name will be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Now I've titled this message, Prayer and Fasting, Our One-Two Punch, which kind of explains the, the boxing gloves next to me. But, you know, the truth is we don't have to build a temple like the Old Testament does for us to have that encounter and that relationship with God because Jesus paid the price on the cross for us. That separation is gone when Jesus is in our lives and we can have a constant communication and connection with our Savior every single day. We don't just have to have that in church on a Sunday morning. We get the privilege of having that no matter where we go and that our bodies are now called a temple for the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit can dwell within us, that His name will be written in our hearts. You know, somebody in here today needs to know that God has heard your prayers. He's heard the cry of your heart. Your God sees you, your God knows you, and your God hears you. Now, He may not answer your prayers how you think they're going to be answered. Sometimes only heaven will tell the story. But don't let that stop you crying out to God, connecting with God, praying, seeking Him. Drawing closer. You know, so often the challenges and the opposition in our lives can be the very things that turn us back to God in prayer. Isn't it amazing when life goes well and you're feeling blessed and favored? You know, it's like you just give Jesus a little high five and you just carry on your way. But when challenge hits or something comes, how many people start to cry out to God a whole lot more? Or is that just me? Like I have to remind myself in good times to seek Him just as much as I would when life is challenging that it shouldn't be circumstantial that I seek God. It should just be out of my relationship with Him that I seek Him. But if your supply has run short, your spiritual, physical, mental, or emotional tank is empty. If your crops have been eaten, your finances, your livelihood, maybe debts are mounting, or there's flood damage or loss in your life. If it feels like a plague is hit, it could be anxiety, sickness, injury, mental health, worry. He is able to heal our land, our lives, our every need. You've got to know that God is able. He is able. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. 
You know, could we be a church that is so committed to being with Jesus that in our prayer lives, we are continually placing our ordinary life before the King? Not just every now and then, but all the time. Our every day, our walking around, our sleeping, our eating, putting it before Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. There's people in here you've walked in today with worry, and it's going to be displaced with Jesus. Worry has taken up residence within you, and Jesus is moving in and kicking it out. Someone is going to have a shift today of worry being lifted off you and taken out of you, and his presence is going to fill that space. You know, prayer is not twisting God's arm. God's not like the genie from Aladdin. Prayer isn't rubbing a lamp so that your wishes can come true. Prayer is our place of petition. Prayer tightens our proximity with God. Prayer is how we converse with the King, and prayer is crucial to being with Jesus. So let's stop trying to rub the magic lamp. But let's begin to rub up against the power and the presence of God. You know, prayer isn't a religious act of saying all the right words and barely taking a breath. You know, Lord God, Father God, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, Father God, that you, almighty Lord God, Father God, would do, Lord God. He knows who he is. (laughs) We don't have to keep reminding him he's not a God of amnesia. But he wants real conversation with us. You know, when we pray, we just have to use our words. We just have to be ourselves. He understands our language. Whether we're incredible at articulating things or not, he understands our culture. And we don't have to have all the right holy words in place. You know, my boys, Nico and Jet, I mean, the younger one, Kobe, he can't pray yet. But Jet, four years old, he's so articulate. I mean, when he prays, it's like the tap turns on and you can't stop it. Like, he just goes for it. It was like last night, Dad, can we pray? Yeah, go for it, mate. And just boom, off he goes. So he's on the bottom bunk. Nico, do you want to pray? No. Pretty, if I ask him that, probably every time he pretty much says no. Why? He's a bit of a perfectionist, maybe like his mum. And he doesn't like to get things wrong. But you can really see the struggle that because he doesn't feel confident in knowing what to say, that he won't say anything. And I'm like, buddy, if all you can say is like, Jesus, I love you, that's awesome. You know, but he so wants to get it right that it makes him freeze and say nothing. Some of us are like that. We don't pray because we're afraid that we don't get it all right, that we don't say it all right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't finish high school. All good. English wasn't my best subject. Far from it. It was sport, and then it was eating lunch. <laughs> Two of the best subjects in the world. 
But the key that I've found is I, Jesus just wants to hear from me. Just wants to hear my heart, my real thoughts, my real frustrations. I don't have to package everything nicely for him like I do with people in church. <laughs> Bless Christians, eh? It's much easier in the corporate world. But he can just, he can just take it. And I love that. It's awesome. You know, my, my parents in Hawke's Bay, they were affected by the flood. I remember trying to call them that morning, and I couldn't get in touch with them. And it was, I don't know, it was like a whole day and a whole night and another day or something before I could actually talk to mum and dad. i got no idea what's going on. I'm like, I don't know if they're okay. You know, communication has gone down. And it's quite funny how when communication goes, it's really interesting. You're like, what is going on? I wonder sometimes if, if Jesus is like, hey, the communication lines have never gone down, but where are you? <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Are you okay? Tell me. I mean, he's a God that knows everything, but he's also a God that wants to connect with us. And there's nothing stopping. There's no satellite that's going to go down. There's no flood that can take out the comms. There's no power outage that's going to stop it. We get to have an open pathway, an open doorway, an open line of communication with our Savior. How incredible is that? And the truth is, in this life, we need help. We have weaknesses, we have limitations, we have challenges. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, the kingdom of God looks differently to the world. Weakness equals strength. Last equals first. Lose your life, you're saved. It's the paradoxical nature of Christianity. It just doesn't make sense in the world, but that is the way of Christ. You know, if you want to see a move of God in your business, your marriage, your school, your uni, workplace, family, whatever it may be, it's on our knees in the posture of prayer, the posture of humility, and I'm sure all of us could integrate more prayer into our lives. Saying, God, I can't do this. I can't fix this. I, I don't know everything that's going to happen, but you do, and I need you. And you are my strength. You are who I hold on to. You are who I need. And that's why I'm strong in weakness, because I let God in on that journey in my life. And by the way, when we say we're going to pray for someone, we actually need to pray for them. I'll pray for you. I'll do it. Doesn't mean you have to go and spend five hours praying for them, but at least spend 60 seconds following through on what you said you're going to do. <laughs> I'll keep you in my prayers. Well, keep them in your prayers. You know, that's so sad. Three hand emojis on Instagram, hashtag praying. <laughs> Turn that into a prayer, then that's awesome. Write that. But if you don't pray, don't do it. You know, maybe your next step from here is each morning just saying, Holy Spirit, lead me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Start somewhere. You don't have to go from zero to hero. But we, all, we can all start somewhere. Or maybe five minutes of prayer in the car before you head into work or as, as on the bus or train as you're traveling into uni, whatever it may be. Take a moment to pray. Mark 11, 22 to 25, well, this is Jesus speaking. He says, that's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's 
everything. Small to large, let's give him everything. And here comes the one-two punch, prayer and fasting. Fasting, that painful word. I mean, how exciting is it when the church goes, we're going to go into a season of fasting. I know my stomach gets pumped. It's stoked to go without food. But what I do know is there is an exchange that takes place in these seasons and a drawing closer to Jesus that I can't manufacture on my own. I remember years ago when I was working as an events manager, I desperately wanted to see a shift in my situation. I wanted what God had for my life. I wanted to be led by Him, and I just felt like I wasn't in the right place. And I was praying and praying, and nothing was changing. I thought, you know what? I need to fast as well. And so I was, I was pretty young. I was in a pretty, you know, early days of Christianity. And so I just did a three-day fast, but I did like a full fast. I had no food, no water. And I, I didn't realize that you, in a fast you can't have water. Um, <laughs> I also don't recommend going to Wendy's to break your fast once it's over. <laughs> yeah, really not good. But what I did find is that it drew me closer to God as the ultimate outcome. But it also led to a shift in my career and a change, and God did some absolute miracles in that space. But I wonder if that would have shifted if I hadn't have done that. You know, what is fasting? It's going without food. It's going without it's denying the flesh. Pastor Jensen Franklin says, fasting without prayer is just a diet. <laughs> prayer and fasting, they go hand in hand. Fasting is denying the flesh, disconnecting from the world and connecting to God. And fasting is not just that I would have more of God, but that God would have more of me. And some things in our lives will only shift through fasting. In Mark 9, Jesus had just rebuked and cast out an evil spirit from a young child, and the disciples had asked him, why could we not cast it out? And in Mark 9, 29, he says this, So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. See, prayer and fasting, it's our one-two punch. When you combine these two together, there is power. You know, when I, when I go into a season of prayer and fasting, I'm ready to do some battle. I'm like, I want to see some things shift. You know, like, enemy, you're coming at me. You want to do this or that? Well, let's go. You know, float like a butterfly. Sting like a bee. The devil can't hit what the devil can't see. Hey, you like that one? You know, Ephesians 6 says that we're in a spiritual fight to the finish. And it's not just a natural fight, it's a spiritual fight. I mean, our generation is facing all kinds of issues and challenges on every front. Suicide, addictions, marriage breakdown, modern-day slavery, racism, political divide, worry, anxiety, financial hardship, even the weather. Honestly, the list could go on with what our generation is facing. But if we, the church, are going to be taking ground, somebody is losing ground, and that somebody is the devil. And he's not going to just give it up freely. There's going to come some fights when we're wanting to take ground in our lives. You know, if we're going to be a house of breakthrough, a house of revival, if we want to see something take place in the church of New Zealand like we've never seen before, and if we're committing our own lives to be with Jesus, to follow him like we never have, to take it to another level, a greater depth, then there's going to be a challenge. You see, prayer alone is awesome. You can get some hits in. You can do some damage, but who knows, anyone that has a prayer life, you can take some hits as well. You can get some knocks, and you can pray and pray and pray. Oh, yeah, God, I'm good there. But when you combine your fasting, 
Right? This takes your battle to another level. You can pray, pray. Oh, yeah, smack. You can get your defense up. If you feel like you're in attack and things are coming at you, get your gloves up. Get your prayer and fasting on. Prophetically, some of you are going to go home. You're going to pick these up and go, let's go. I'm feeling weak. My God is strong. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to pray and fast and seek the Lord and go to a greater depth in my relationship with Him. And God, I need you to move in my life. It's time to go to battle with some prayer and fasting. Now, I made the mistake in the first service of not taking these off before I changed the page of my notes, and I had to do it with my nose. So I wrote myself a note to take the gloves off. There we go. That was easier. <laughs> Team, why don't you come and join me? Yeah, but next Sunday's Vision Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm honestly praying and believing that this would be a significant shift in the life of life. That there would be just bursts of revelation happening. But amongst all the stuff and everything going on in the world, what matters most is that we would be followers of Jesus. And in doing that, others could follow us. That we would live lives that are humbly seeking the King and, and what He has for us. Inviting Him in, not just every now and then, but on a daily basis, doing life with Jesus. Spending time with Him, being like Him, doing what He did. You know, today I thought we would get real practical. Could turn this place into a little prayer meeting, which would be cool. We've talked enough about prayer. Fasting, that's something we've got resource online. You can join us if you're going to go for another seven days. Let it not just be a, a corporate thing, but even times through the year, commit to, to going into seasons of prayer and fasting yourself for a day or a week, whatever it may be. But that we would spend some time praying. So why don't we all stand to our feet right now? Because we're going to do what it said to do in Mark 11. Where it said, that's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. So what's going to happen is, you know, for the first minute or so, the team are going to play quietly. And what I'd love us to do is just in our own space right where we're standing is just to engage in prayer. You can pray in your head. You can pray out loud. However you feel comfortable, why don't you talk to Jesus? Maybe invite them into a situation or just say, hey, I just want to follow you like I never have before. I want to draw closer to you. Then what we're going to do after that is we're going to open this front altar up here. We're going to have some team come up the front. And if you want someone to stand with you in prayer, pray over you, pray for you, pray on behalf of a friend, family member, colleague, whatever it may be, then why don't you, in your own time, I'll tell you and I'll open it up and you're able to come out of your seat and have some prayer. And then we're going to keep worshiping. We'll lift the name of Jesus. Sound, sound good? So team, why don't we pray? And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray. Why don't you close your eyes? Say, Jesus, we invite you into this space. We know that you're listening. You're attentive to us. Right now, we just want to pray. Seek your face. We want to connect with you. We want to tell you our ordinary life, our small, the big, whatever's going on. We want to tell you right now. Let's go on your own time. Why don't you just start to pray? Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.